Well, good morning, everybody. Woo, man, I just want to recognize uh, and give another shout out and bless you to all of our youth, to all of our kids, to all of our uh, leaders. Man, this morning has been awesome. It's been awesome. So, and thank you, uh, thank you, Pastor Zach, Pastor Heather, uh, for uh, allowing us the honor to be able to minister this morning. It is awesome. So, back to school Sunday. Back to school Sunday. It is awesome. So, um, we, were, we were thinking, man, let's do a back to school Sunday. I'm like, God, what, what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about going back to school, right? <laughs> So I was thinking, oh my God, so, so many times, like when we get into, uh, when we get into a new routine, when we just start in the school, we're like, maybe it's just me, maybe it's just me, but Lord, let me survive the school year, right? And the kids are all like, Jesus, let me survive the school year, right? But, um, but we're called to so much better than that. We're called to so much higher than that. So this morning, I want to take a little bit of time to dive into not just surviving the school year, but I want to talk about thriving through the school year, right? Thriving through the school year. And uh, so I told my kids, I said, hey, you know, I don't want you to just have a good school year. I want you to thrive. I want you to succeed. And the Lord was like, what does thrive mean? Like, you ever get that, that, that little nudge in your heart, right? You say something, and the Lord's like, well, what does that mean? What am I really saying? So I looked up the definition of thrive, and it blew me away. It says to flourish or grow vigorously. To grow vigorously. So how are we going to grow vigorously through this school year? So uh, we're going to go through a couple things. Number one is remain planted. Remain planted. So we're going to flip over to Psalm. Love the Psalms. We're going to flip over to Psalm and read Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man. Everyone, look at your neighbor and say, blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, everybody say all, all, all that he does, he prospers. All that he does, he prospers. And I, something popped out here, and I'm like, okay, so you feeling a little eh? You feeling a little eh? Don't get complacent. Don't sit down. Don't, don't quit, and don't give up, right? So we see the progress here. So we, blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. So we're not going to allow ourselves to go down that slippery slope. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep worshiping. We're going to keep serving. We're going to keep moving. We're going to keep going. And we're going to keep being planted by the streams of water. Delight, delight, not obligation and check boxes, right? So that popped out to me in here. Blessed is a man that he delights in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. 
you know, the law of the Lord is not up for us to make these little check boxes. It's not up for us to, to sit here and go, okay, well, if I'm, if I'm a good Christian, if I can be planted, I got to do A, okay, check, B, check, C, check, right? It's not about that. It's about having delight in the Lord, delight in your relationship with him, delight in the presence of Jesus. If you're having an issue with feeling obligated, because I, I, have, I have had an issue before about feeling the sense of obligation to serve Jesus, right? An obligation to, to check off those boxes, right? Meditate on his word. Meditate on his word. Immerse yourself in worship. Immerse yourself in prayer. Hit your knees before the Lord. That's the best way to fight our battles is on our knees. It's not about what we can do physically. It's not about all the knowledge that we have. It's about hitting our knees and being in the presence of Jesus. Immerse yourself in reading and in his presence. Crumple up your check boxes and throw them in the trash. Crumple them up and throw them in the trash. Just fall in love with Jesus again. Just fall in love with Jesus again. Be planted by the rivers of living water. So I, I love how when I'm preparing for something, the Lord always shows me a, a physical example of his word. Because he knows it drives it into my head a little more and into my spirit a little bit more. And so we were driving back from Pennsylvania. And... Uh, <laughs> We were driving back from Pennsylvania from vacation, and all of a sudden, I, I'm looking at the clouds, and I'm looking at the weather, and I'm like, uh-oh. We about to drive through the mountains. This don't look good. I mean, man, it was just black and layer upon layer upon layer. And I'm, you know, normally I'm really excited about that. I'm like, yeah, show me the tornadoes. Like, I want to go chase them. Show me the storms. I'm like, Yes right? But not in the mountains, right? I hit my wall. I was like, nope, <laughs> Jesus, right? So, uh, so we, we're driving through the mountains, and all of a sudden, like, we start hitting these walls of water, man. Like, it went from nothing to an absolute just torrential downpour. There were times that there was little bits of hail coming down and hitting the windshield, and the winds were picking up, and it was just ugly, there were people pulled over to the side of the road, and I'm like, okay, God, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, I'm just going to keep going, even if I'm slower, right, even if I'm slow. Even if I'm slow, it's still forward progress, so we're going to keep moving. We're going to keep going. We got this. Jesus, you got this. So the aftermath, we get on the other side of the storm. The aftermath, I'm looking around, and I'm realizing what the storm did because we, we were driving through, and it was coming overhead, and so we get on the other side. And we see all these small trees. We see debris all over the road. We see big branches down. We see trees that have been uprooted and just thrown all over the place. We see that the water has risen to the point to where it's like coming over the banks of the, wa of the, uh, you know, the, the land. I was like, wow. But we saw the aftermath of the storm. The thing that I noticed and God pointed out was the fact that the big trees, the big trees, the ones that were really tall that you would think would get blown. You know the, you know the fascinating thing about the big trees? They're big because their roots have gone deep. 
they're big because they've been able to withstand a little bit of something coming through. They're, they're big because of the fact that, that they, they've grown up because they've grown down. And they've grown out. And they've grown across. So on the ground level or up on the mountaintop, I noticed that the results were exactly the same. Exactly the same. And sometimes we might tend to get a little comfortable because everything's going great. Everything's going fantastic. Everything is going smooth sailing. Everything is awesome. And we, we're thinking, hey, we made it, man. We got this. We got it. We got, man, this is good. God's good. This is great. But then I looked up at the mountaintop. And even the small trees that were up on the mountain in the, in the high place ended up getting uprooted. And I'm like, okay, God. But the big trees, again, whether it was in the valley or whether it was on the mountaintop, the big ones, because of the fact that they were rooted, did not come undone. I looked further down and something caught my attention that right by the stream, right by the water. Oh, my goodness, man, this was so good. And I, I about had a Holy Ghost party in the car, and I was like, "Woo, Jesus, here we go. All right. So I'm driving. All this is happening while the torrential downpour is taking place and the rain. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, okay. So the Lord got my eyes off of the storm and onto him. That's another message right there. But got it on to Christ. And so I looked down by the water, and I noticed something that even through the rain, even through the rising water, even through the insane wind, even through all of it, through the crazy storm, that, that the trees that were planted by the living water, the trees that were planted by the stream, the trees that, that had gone down and gotten the roots right there by the riverbed, you know what they were doing? They were worshiping. They weren't doing nothing. They didn't even look like they were being affected. They didn't look like they were being blown. They didn't look like they were doing anything, right? Not a leaf. I, I see all these bigger ones and all the leaf and the debris and all this stuff is coming all over the place. And I look down by the ones that are planted by the living water. And they're unscathed. And they're not touched. You may experience a storm. That's what the Lord told me. You may experience a storm, but it doesn't have to affect and uproot you. It doesn't have to uproot you. Hebrews 6.19. Hebrews 6.19, one of my favorite verses. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. We have this hope as an anchor of our soul. See, my life. My life isn't great because of my accolades. My life isn't great because of the accomplishments. Our lives are not great because of our service and what we do. Our life isn't, isn't dependent and rooted upon any of that because in a moment's notice, it can all be gone. It can all be destroyed. But what will never be destroyed is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The, my, my Jehovah Jireh, my provider, my Prince of Peace, my God, my relationship with Jesus, the one who's been there before the foundations of the world, and the one who will be there for all eternity. That's who I'm rooted in. That's who I'm anchored in. Not the, not the things of the world. That's why my life is rooted. That's how your life is rooted. Mercy and being rooted in the presence and life of Jesus Christ. So practically, practically, how 
do we stay rooted through the school year? How do we stay rooted through all of the things that are going to be coming? If you're taking notes, A, attend church together. (laughs) Attend church together. Psalm 122 verse 1 said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Hebrews 24 through, I'm sorry, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. There's something about being in the house of God together. There's something about coming together in unity. There's something together about being with one another in one accord. There's something, there's something special about when we come together in the presence of God and we worship together and we pray together and we praise together and we seek Christ's face together. And, and there's something about being a body when we can call one another, when we know that something is happening and say, hey, guess what? Guess what Jesus says about this? Look what the word says about this. Here, let me pray with you, my friend. Let me pray with you, brother. Let me pray with you, sister. Let, let's, let's seek God's presence together. There's something special about what happens when the body joins together and doesn't forsake the gathering with one another, the assembling of one another. B, make being in the house of the Lord a priority. Make being in the house of the Lord a priority. Psalm 69 verse 9 says, for zeal for your house has consumed me. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. The zeal, the passion, the desire, the the, I have to be there. Every single time the doors are open, man, I have to be in the house. I have to be at church. I have to be gathering together with my fellow believers. I I have to be worshiping with you. I have to be praying with you. I have to be serving with you. i got to be coming alongside of you because the zeal for his house, the passion for his house has consumed me. Again, it's not about the check boxes. We've already thrown those out the window. It's not about the things that we can do. It's about seeking and being rooted and anchored in the presence of Jesus Christ. It's about gathering together in his house. It's about, it's about being rooted in his presence, anchored in his presence. Make being in the house of the Lord a priority. That's where we sharpen one another. That's where we grow together. We don't just grow normally. We grow vigorously together. Another way to stay rooted is, I know this is a big one, I know it's a big one, but it's to pray together. And that's a, that's a, that's a weird concept for some people. <laughs> man, when Kristen and I first got married, I was like, man, we, wait, we, I pray by myself. She, she prays by herself. It's good, right? No, 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 no. No, pray together. Some of the most precious moments in our home is every night. I love our nightly routine because we gather together, whether it's in a bedroom, whether it's in the living room, no matter where it is, 
and we turn our home into a sanctuary. And I love it. We turn our home into a sanctuary and, and everybody gathers around and, and we all pray together as a family. Every single night. It might not be eloquent. It might not be super deep. Sometimes they're 20 seconds and sometimes they're 20 minutes. Just depends on who's going. But, but it's awesome because we've turned our home into a sanctuary, a place of prayer, a house of prayer. And it's awesome. It's a, it's a very precious moment. Pray together. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. I don't know about y'all, but that's a great promise, right? If I know that when I gather together with my family, Jesus is going to be on our midst, and he's going to be sitting with us, and he's going to be listening to us, and he's going to be agreeing with us, man, sign me up. Let's pray. Woo! Let's pray. By the way, every Sunday evening, we have, that was, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Every Sunday evening, we have corporate prayer here. If y'all have not been to a corporate prayer on a Sunday night, y'all need to get here for a corporate prayer on a Sunday night. Oh, my goodness, it is awesome. It is awesome. We, we pray and heaven comes down. 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock p.m. It's awesome. 1 John 5.14 says, confidence in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us again. What an awesome promise from God. What an awesome promise from God. So God, if I pray your will over my situation, if I seek your face, if I know your word, if I know what you're saying and, and I'm putting out you and I'm praying your will, you're going to hear me. Not only will you hear me, but because you hear me, you're going to come down and hang out with me. Jesus, you're going to hang out with me. That's awesome. He's going to be with us. Another way to stay rooted is serving together. Serve together as a family and as a body. Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, not just my personal house, but our, our head pastors have said, as for us and this house, we will serve the Lord. As, as for me and my house, we're going to serve Jesus. It doesn't matter when the winds and the rains come. It doesn't matter when the things are looking like they're uprooted and the hail's coming down and everything is an absolute disaster. We are going to continue to walk. We're going to continue to serve. We're going to continue to distribute groceries. We're going to continue to pray with people. We're going to continue to evangelize. We're going to continue to serve Jesus through it all. Do it as a family, man. My kids came on the last uh, uh, first Saturday. It was awesome. Um, they, they were a little nervous beforehand, but, man, we, we <laughs> Jesus showed up, and it was awesome. And they're like, oh. So I told, I told them about uh, yesterday uh, with, with the Saturday uh, evangelism that we did, and, and Nick goes, oh, man. You're, you're leaving to do that? If I would have known, I'd have gotten up earlier and I'd have gone with you, Dad. I want to go. Zeal for serving. Zeal for the house of the Lord. Another way is seeking the Lord together. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13 says, Then you will call upon me, 
and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of your heart. All of your heart. And I notice that there's a difference, right, in the family. There's a difference in my personal life when, when I come to seek God because of obligation on my checkbox. Or when I throw my checkbox out the window and I seek God because of the desire that I have for him, because of my passion for him, because of my relationship with him, it makes a big difference. Seek the Lord together with all of your heart. Number two, how are we going to survive this school year? How are we going to thrive through it? We're going to bear one another's burdens. We're going to bear one another's burdens. If I, if I could have, if I could have my, my helper come up here. If I could have my helper come up here and bring bring your burdens with you, man. Yeah. Everyone, everyone want to say hi to my helper. So, bear one another's burdens. So I'm just gonna have you hold this here, okay? You good? You got it. Yep. Yeah. So he's just gonna hold that. He's just gonna hold that for a little while. So. Um, so it's gonna we're, we're gonna bear one of those burdens. So I, I just wanna this this jug here. Yes, it's it's water, but the representation of this jug, the representation of what is in here, is possibly things like the weight of the world that you're walking through, the the work, the home life. Yeah, keep keep holding. If you're going to, all right, hold on to it tight. You don't want to get rid of those yet. All right. So the, the, the peer pressure, maybe the peer pressure, we go back to school. Man, I can't imagine the level of peer pressure that is happening in today's school world. Man, it was, I thought it was bad when I was in school, and then I hear some of the stories, and I'm like, my heart just breaks. My heart breaks for these students. Because the level of pressure and the level of depravity that is taken over in this world, that is, that, is, that, is, that is growing in this world, that is becoming more evident in the world, it breaks my heart. But, but it could be something like parent pressure to perform. It, 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 could be, it, could be, uh, it could be fear. It could be test anxiety. It could be anxiety because we're going into a different grade and we have new teachers and maybe even a completely different school. Maybe, maybe a completely different staff. Maybe, maybe you're a staff member. Maybe you're a staff member and you're like, oh, man, this is crazy. Maybe, the, maybe this is your first year in a new school district or in a new position. And so the workload that might be on you, the, the difference of what that looks like, the, the pressure of, of performance. Again, I read a cool little quote. It's, it's a, it, it says, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. Be kind always. Christ, Christ tells us that others will know that we're his followers and disciples by our love. By our love. Sorry, I'm just trying to make sure. 
be kind always. Find the one alone. I want to challenge you. Find the one. I wake up in the morning. I say, God, show me the one. Show me the one. Give me the one for today. Give me the one. We were doing Night of Hope, and we had it open every single month. Man, that was the thing. We'd all have rallies, and we'd pray together, and we'd, you know, we'd seek God's face. And, and that was the thing. Who is your one tonight? Keep your eyes open. Who is your one tonight? But find the one alone. Find the one who's struggling with the pressure. Find the one who might be a little bit lowly in spirit or a little bit lowly in heart or a little bit uh, shaking under the weight of that pressure, shaking under the weight of their school work or that school load or the work load or the, or the peer pressure or the boss pressure. Find the one. And then once you do, show and share Jesus. Be kind always. But beyond being kind, be Jesus. Show Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Come alongside and sit down with that, with that one that's just a little off from the rest. Their life is going to be transformed by the Holy Spirit in your life. Just be obedient. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Unlike the jug when you hold it here for five minutes. Most of the time, guys, and I had to come to terms with this, and Jesus and I wrestled all this out, I'm a person who likes to fix stuff. I love fixing stuff. Stuff could be situational too. I love seeing something that's wrong and I step in and I'm like, oh, I can do it. I can fix it. I can step in. And sometimes it works and most of the time it doesn't. And I realized that, you know, my fixing just ended up maybe creating a little bit of a bigger mess. Um, you know, we're like, I I try to be, you know, maybe some of y'all try to be helpful and rearrange the kitchen or rearrange the, yeah, y'all don't do that. Okay. Guys, don't do that. Um, Unless your, unless your wife says, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Uh, (laughs) but, but you end up sometimes, sometimes maybe it's just me. I, I end up creating just a little bit more of a problem because I always try to jump in and fix something that isn't mine to fix. Cause, cause it's not. Because it's not broken, right? What, what needs to happen is instead of me jumping in to try to fix this, I jump in and you jump in. We jump in together as the body and we say, hey, you're not broken. We don't need to fix you, but we're here to help. And we're here to walk life with you. And we're here to do life with you. And we're here to bear one another's burdens. We're here for each other as the body. Romans 12.10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another and showing honor. You good? Okay. Outdo one another with showing honor. Just want to make sure. Okay. I love it. Outdo. What would life look like if we tried to outdo every single person with honor? 
If I look at David and I say, man, I'm going to outdo you with honor, David's like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm outdoing you with honor. What would that look like? If we looked at our pastors and said, I want to outdo you with honor, and he looks at us and says, no, 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 I'm outdoing you with honor, right? What would our body look like? What would our relationships look like? What would our friendships look like if we all tried to outdo one another with honor? One of the great ways to do that is Galatians 6.2 is to bear one another's burdens. Oh, no. Can you, can you put it back with this? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's getting heavy. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I promise it's almost over. Okay. So one of the great ways to do that is, uh, is Galatians 6.2. that says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Again, it's not a checkbox, but blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. Right, I'm going to delight in outdoing him with honor. So can I get my second helper up here, please? Can you, can you come and help out? I'm sure we have a, we have a grateful uh, first helper here. All right, everybody say hi to our second helper. Awesome. If you can come around here, come around to this side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I want you to do is just go ahead and, go ahead and put your hand underneath the bottom of that jug and lift it up. Okay, hey, David, was that, was that a little bit lighter for you? Is that a little, little bit lighter for you, a little easier to carry, a little easier to bear? Awesome. So why don't you go ahead and, and just carry this down here for me. Can you, can you carry it down? All right, stop right here. Stop right here. Thank you. So, so great place, number one, we bear one another's burdens. Number two, if we remember, we always show and share Jesus, right? So if y'all could just turn around this way and lay it down right here at the altar. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome, thank you, thank you. So, so we go from, oh my goodness, i got to switch hands, this is getting a little bit too unbearable. <laughs> Man, thank you, I appreciate it. Um, to, to somebody coming up, another member of the body coming up and jointly working together and saying, I'm going to help bear your burdens. Not only are we bearing it together, but we're going to lay it down at the altar. I'm going to point you to Jesus. Number three, share your faith. Number three, share your faith. I'm sure that this scripture is a scripture that y'all are very accustomed to. Everyone loves this one. It's a good one. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Acts, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be called my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Share your faith. It's awesome. Man, I look back and, and I'm, man, I'm so grateful for my current job. So grateful for it. My last job, I, 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 uh, I worked with some people. Um, they, they used to get a little annoyed with me. I know some of it, not just my personality. Stop it. Stop. Hey, come on. Not just, the, not just that. Most of the time it was that, but not just that. Okay. But they used to get annoyed with me about this Jesus stuff. Some appreciated it. There were. There were a few who appreciated it. Some appreciated it, and others eventually learned to. 
Yeah, yeah, they did. Some appreciated it, some learned too. But man, it was awesome. So they, they would make comments to me. Right, they make comments to me, and it wasn't even like uh, it wasn't even like a well-timed comment. Like, like y'all ever just have those comments, like in passing, and someone does like a drive-by commenting, and you're like, "What? Where did that come from?" Right? Maybe maybe just me, but I I, I used to get the, the the drive-by commenting, right? And they they would look and they'd be like, "Man, you really believe all that stuff?" <laughs> yep. Indubitably, doobitably, I do. Absolutely. One of my favorites, one of my favorites was uh, we, we were in the middle of a conversation and all of a sudden they stopped and they said to me, it always, with that little weird squinty face, you know, disapproval. It always comes back to religion and that Jesus stuff with you, doesn't it? Thank you for the compliment. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. Absolutely. Why? Because I have been commissioned by Jesus. I've been commissioned. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. The whole creation. That doesn't sound negotiable to me. That doesn't sound like a suggestion to me. That sounds like he's saying go and be a Christian and tell people about me. Tell people about the gospel. Tell people about the goodness of of who I am. Whole creation. All of creation. Guys, your world. Our world. But your personal world needs Jesus. They need Jesus. All of creation does, but your world, who, who, who is your, who's your surrounding? Who is your world? Who's your work world? Who, who's, your, who's your school world? They all need Jesus. All of them. Romans 1.16, and, and I love this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also the Greek. Romans 5.8 says, but, but God shows his love for us. And that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his salvation. Thank God for that gift. You want to know why I can't stop? You want to know why I can't be quiet? Because I know what a mess I was in. I know the depravity that I was in. I know the sinful life that I was living. I know that I couldn't get by without alcohol or without drugs or without smoking or without fighting or without being promiscuous. I couldn't get by with any of that at that point in time. But God said, while you were yet a sinner, while you were still an enemy of me, I died for you. I paid the price for you. I shed my blood for you. I did it on the cross of Calvary. That is why, because my life has been transformed, that is why I am never ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is why I will never stop talking about him. I will never stop proclaiming him. I will never stop shouting his praises and joy to the ends of the world. Because my life was on a track to hell. 
and destruction. And Jesus said, I paid it all. I paid it all. Someone needs to hear your story. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. As our students go back to school, I love it. They're, man, they're getting so rooted here. They're serving here. They're in multiple services a week here. They're just saturating in Jesus. As the students go back to school, as the faculty goes back to school, don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Don't be ashamed of what he's done in your life. Somebody could be waiting to identify with your story, with your miracle. Your story is a miracle in someone else's life. practical way to do that, and I know we've mentioned it a few times, but first Saturday evangelism, man, y'all come out, come out, come out, and serve, and evangelize with us, man, it's awesome, we've been able to pray for everything from salvation to healings to people not even connected in the house that are, that are in the hospital, and man, it's awesome, and then we come across that occasional house and they're like yes brother I'm a Christian too come on let's light up the world right and and they'll pray with you and they'll agree with you it's awesome it's awesome but what a what a great way to share faith and to do it with the body and do it with with a family and number four the worship team y'all can y'all can come back up we're gonna Wrap up with this one here. So number four. This is this is hard. This is a hard one. At times, it's a hard one. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I think there's a common theme here about all of your heart and all of your life and all of your being, all of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Over the last, uh, over the last few weeks, again, the Lord loves to show me things in, in real time. Over the last few weeks, my, my kids have been learning to swim. And it, it's been so cool to watch. And they, they've, been, they've been, like, terrified and, like, excited all at the same time. And like, yes. So, so Noah, my youngest, he's our, he's our daredevil. In case you all don't know Noah, he's our, he's our daredevil. Um, but... Uh, He's like, he's like, Dad, I want to jump. I want to jump off the side of the pool, but I'm too scared to do it. I'm like, okay, you got this. I'm like, Jesus, you got us, right? Yep, okay, cool. So we start down at the three foot, right? Because our, our pool goes from three foot to five foot, and it's a very minimal grade. But for him, that's big. 
It's a big deal. So he would jump in at three feet, right? And he would jump in, and then he would stop, and the water would be like right here, you know. And he's like, yes, I can involved. Woo! Yes, buddy, you did it three feet. Woo! All right. All right, now come on. Come on a little deeper. Dad, I don't want to. I mean, I kind of do, but I, 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 don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. So come out deeper. <laughs> come out deeper. So he says, okay. All right. This is what he does. He goes. I said, come out. Come out deeper. He goes, okay. Okay, Dad, watch. I got this. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and he takes one step. And at that moment in time, I was, I was, I was wanting to kind of face palm and be like, that, that didn't change the depth at all. It's fine, right? But the other side of me, the compassionate heart of dad kicked in and said, support him. And Christ checked my heart and he said, he said, how many times do you do that, Brandon? Hello. And I'm thinking, I got it. I'm like, yes, God, I'm going deeper. Okay. It's baby step by baby step and it's fine. But I'm standing in the pool and he gets to four feet. So he graduates up to four feet, and, and, and he's like, he's standing there, and he's shaking. The poor, the poor guy, man, he's shaking. I'm like, you can touch here. I know, Dad, okay, that's great, but I, I, don't, know the, I don't know if I can jump. I'm like, dude, you got it. So I'm standing in the pool, and I'm looking up at him. I'm like, just jump. Just jump. I've got you. I've got you. Dad's got you. Whew. Dad's got you. So finally, he's he's standing here and he, he dips his mask in the water because we can't have a foggy mask when we jump in. So he, he clears his vision. He dips his vision into the living, moving pool water. And he puts it back on, and he's like, okay, I'm going to do it. And he gets to the edge, and he's like, one, two, I can't do it. So this went on for a little bit, and I'm like, dude, dad's got you. Just jump. So finally he jumps. Head never goes onto the water. He loves it. And then all of a sudden he graduates up, and he's like, all right, check this out. I'm going to five feet. So he, he goes from baby steps to realizing the confidence that he had that dad's got him. Dad's not going to let him drown. Dad's not going to let him go under. Right? And so he's like, forget the four feet. Forget this play. I'm going down to the deep end. I'm jumping off the edge so that I'm completely in over my head. I'm diving in. I'm doing it. I'm tired of playing around. I'm tired of the shallow stuff. I'm running over here to the deep end. And God spoke to my heart and he said, I need you discontented with the shallow. I need you discontented with the shallow. Jump. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. 
I believe that that's hitting home for somebody today. You've been on the edge of something. You've been comfortable down here at three feet. You've been having fun. You've been splashing around just a little bit. You've been, you've been having fun squirting people and, and just, just splishy splash with the little rubber ducks and the floaties and you're good and you're having fun. God is calling you down here to the five foot, to the six foot, to the eight foot, to be in over your head. He's not going to let you drown. He's not going to let you go. God's got you. God's got you. Just jump. Just jump. Again, bringing it back practically. Because I love practicality. Mixed with spiritual. I love it. As a family, sit down and discuss it. Great time is around the dinner table. I know it's kind of a lost art. Everything's fast. But be intentional. I want to encourage you to be intentional and slow down. Slow down. And jump. Slow down and discuss it as a family. Be vulnerable with one another. Discuss what are you afraid of? What's God calling us to? Maybe you don't know. Maybe it's a great place to start. Just to gather together as a family and pray. Say, God, where are you calling us to? What does our deep end look like? Where are you calling us to jump from? Write it out. Come and submit it to to your leaders. Come and submit it to your pastors. We'll, we'll, We'll pray with you. We'll believe with you. We'll walk life with you. We'll do it. We'll do it together. By golly, sometimes sometimes people do stuff that stretch me out of my comfort zone. I'm like, okay, God, well, we're jumping together. We'll do it. But just jump. Jeremiah, we'll close out with a scripture. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. It all comes back to being planted. Bear one another's burdens. Share your faith. Trust the Lord and John. But beyond any of that, be rooted, be planted by the streams of living water in the presence of Jesus. thank you, God, for your presence here with us today. Lord, we thank you that you're calling us deeper. God, we thank you that ankle deep is no longer good enough. God, I pray that you'll stretch us, expand our tent pegs, God, expand our territory, Jesus. Lord, let us trust you enough to jump. 
Let us trust you enough to jump in over our heads, God. But Lord, beyond any of that, help us to become rooted in you so that when the storms of life come, when the school year gets a little difficult, when, when the future is a little uncertain, we can grab a hold and say, but Jesus is my anchor, but the presence. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Lord, bend us. Bend us, change us, and transform us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.